Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. conversation earlier, but apparently we were quite off base because we got a ton of texts about this earlier today. Oh, no. I hate that. Accuracy is my hallmark. Um, we're just talking about how many criminals there are and crimes are committed and that sort of stuff. And if we need more room, we need to build more jails. Um, you know how many you know how many jail cells you need? Enough to hold all the criminals. That's how many, period. Okay. Uh, but we got a ton of people, cops... Prosecutors, uh, people who work in jails and everything like that, that is not the problem. They're emptying out jails. There's all kinds of jails in the Bay Area of San Francisco that are half full. The problem is the lack of willingness to prosecute people Ah. and just the attitude toward crime in general, the bail thing, which we're about to talk about. These are issues that are keeping people from being in jail. But we got room right now, at least in the California area. I don't know about nationwide, but interesting. You know, I'll have to take a look at that. And that's definitely a change. Uh, yeah, it's it's weird what's going on here. How do you think it would be the best way to structure this? Should we hear from the San Jose police chief first, John, and then I can set up the background? But he's pretty mad about one particular dude that got out. 
Of course I believe he's a possible danger to the public. San Jose's police chief was calm to start our interview, but he quickly became furious. My officers are sacrificing a lot. To have an individual with this type of firepower get released back into our community six hours later is shameful. The chief is talking about this man, Eddie Garcia. He was arrested this week and charged with being a felon in possession of these illegal guns. A short-barreled rifle, a silencer, uh, ammunition, an assault weapon, an extended magazine with a half a kilo of cocaine and child endangerment. A jail magistrate released Garcia on supervised OR soon after his arrest. It was a second similar release by a Santa Clara County judge in less than a month. There's a progressive movement across the United States. Former prosecutor Stephen Clark says because of the bail reform movement, judges are now releasing more suspects soon after their arrest with no bail. There's a Supreme Court case that says that courts are required to impose the least restrictive means for a pretrial release. The chief understands that, but he argues that Garcia shouldn't qualify because of the illegal firepower he allegedly had. And the chief was still furious, even after removing the microphone. This doesn't get any worse. He had a effing silencer. A criminal dealing drugs had a silencer. I mean, you see that in the movies. The chief challenges the judges to go out in the community to explain why they're letting felons loose with this kind of firepower. Huh. I don't want to get hung up on this because I want to get back to the meat of the story, which is very interesting. Are the criminal and the chief both named Eddie Garcia in this story? Hmm. I hadn't caught that. Let me they, do a little digging. They keep referring to Eddie Garcia, who was arrested, and then the police chief, Eddie Garcia. That's a little confusing. They're both named Eddie Garcia. It's weird. Anyway, not to get hung up on that. Um, this is a nationwide movement, and a lot of people are really into it. God, we should have had our friend Topo on to talk about this, mm-hmm. the whole bail thing. Uh, the Supreme Court is into it, and, and people want... I get The idea is I get arrested. I can't get arrested for something. I'm not guilty of anything. Nope, I get, yet. My, I get my day in court. But if I don't have the, the the money to bail myself out, I'm in I'm in jail. And I didn't do anything wrong. And I, and I, in fact, I might be found innocent. And so I was in jail for nothing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, there's 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 that extreme. Then you got this guy, who uh, and Chief Eddie Garcia tweeted out this picture of the weapons and the drugs that this guy had on him, including a silencer, in custody for only six hours, exclamation point, exclamation point. Wow, what do you have to do to get held overnight? Six hours! Good God! I would think that if I... um, Jeez, I got a boot on my my, uh, wheel in San Francisco once for, in theory, parking in the wrong spot. I think I was parked in the correct spot. Scam. Kind of a scam they run. Um, but it, it took me three hours to take care of the whole thing. I wasn't in custody, but it took uh-huh. that long to take care of it. It was three hours out of my life. This guy was in custody for six hours, felon in possession of a firearm, possession of a short barrel rifle, possession of a silencer, possession of an assault weapon, possession of cocaine for sale, a large amount of it. And guy was in, and with a history, he's a convicted felon and spent six hours. Well, I got to start doing crimes. I don't know why I'm not. Well, I do know why I'm not, but... Yeah, I don't I don't want to hurt or uh, take anything from decent people. 
That's why I don't commit crimes. Mm. Same reason all you listening don't commit crimes. But there's that's what's stopping you, your morality. It's not uh, law enforcement. It's not the law. Wow. I mean, if that's just incredible. That is the incredible. guy's a convicted felon. Look at these guns that he had. He's got an arsenal. And the drugs and a silencer. And he's a convicted felon. Wow. He's already proven. Uh, here's an ankle bracelet. Uh, we need you to show up to court now. Be sure you do. And don't cut off that ankle bracelet, because that's a fine. And as you heard there, the police chief, who has the same name as the guy with the guns, is uh, outraged over this because he feels like he and his officers are out there in danger with a dude like this. Oh, of course they are. And we're all in danger with a dude like that out there. But yeah, and you know what? By God, he may end up shooting and killing somebody, and we'll all say, oh, tut, tut, that's, a, that's terrible. The, it's a cr- shame. the crime thing is the best example going of the whole pendulum thing, isn't it? Yes, I think so. Yeah. C- crime was horrifying building up through the mid-70s or so when it was just out of control in all your big cities. Mm-hmm. I lived in rural America. We had no crime. But you saw it on TV all the time about New York and various places, stuff like that. And then everybody cracked down on it. And then it's been dropping, 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 dropping. All kinds of crime for decades and decades and decades. And apparently we decided that human nature had changed or that we're all safe for the rest of our lives. Or and it was racist or something. And it's just we're sad. We're over-incarcerating. Yeah, and it's just sad that there are so many people in jail, and now we've swung back the other direction, and, and all kinds of different crimes are on the rise, and we're letting all kinds of people run loose. And my great theory of societies is that you got to crash into the guardrail before you start heading back toward the other direction. You will briefly pass a sweet spot in the middle of the road where everything's great, but societies find it unable to recognize that and so continue to go in the direction where they're going until they crash into the opposite guardrail. Well, we clearly crossed the sweet spot with this dude. Yeah. I would say, yes, clearly. You hold that guy until you can figure out what he's up to. I wonder how big his brain is, Jack. Interesting new study. Hardened criminals have abnormal brain structure. And they can usually tell it from childhood on. Brain scans of almost 7,000 people aged 45 were analyzed. A third of them had a history of antisocial behavior, ranging from physical fighting to truancy, some in childhood, some throughout adulthood, the rest of it. I don't have any of that. The researchers I have some antisocial behavior, though. I want you to stay away from me. Researchers also looked at their criminal records and questioned teachers, nursery staff, uh, identified a group of about 80 adults with a persistent history of antisocial behavior, among that, 7,000 people, including physical violence, ranging from biting other children uh, as youngsters to domestic violence as adults and all sorts of other stuff. Those who only caused trouble as adolescents did not have significant brain differences compared to the general population once they, they at age 45. They were acting out because of something in their lives that was making them that way. Well, yeah, or something that, you know, got better. Um, experts, oh, blah, blah, blah. Lifelong criminals, though, have smaller, thinner brains. May explain why they lie, steal, or violent. Um, Study led by the University College of London, published in The Lancet. Serious stuff now. What do we do with this information? Um, uh, Well, that's an interesting question. How do you not start measuring the thickness of people's brains early on and uh, addressing this somehow? Or, on the other end of it, how do you blame somebody who's lived their lives this way when they don't have the same brain as you? Thinner cortex as well. I suspected that. Yep. Uh, co-author of the study said, I think what we've seen with these data is they are actually operating under some handicap at the level of the brain. So I think for me, this changes my conception of the life course persistent antisocial individuals. That's got to be a term of art in her field. 
to thinking of someone who is living life with some level of disability and coping with that as part of their lifestyle. You know, we've talked about this for a long time. When they finally, you know, completely unknot the human genome and figure out that, oh, yeah, you've got like a 70% higher uh, proclivity for, for crime or violence or whatever than somebody with this gene pattern. How do you still res- hold people responsible for what they do? I mean, because we're all tempted to do uh, uh, things we should not do. Some of us a little, some of us constantly and a lot. The law doesn't change depending on how tempted you are. Right. So what do you, Yeah, exactly. Well, honey, I guess I can overlook you cheating on me because you're really, really horny. It just doesn't work like that. Right. I can control myself if I'm angry to not hit anybody. But if somebody else doesn't, can't. They just can't. Their brain is not built in a way that they can. Right. These you gonna... treat them the same way. These, uh, I think it will lead to uh, enlightened new policies and every bit as difficult new questions that will probably do a bad job of answering. Because if somebody's just unable to control themselves, so they're dangerous, what do we do with them? I don't know. Or, and other stuff. Ship them off to the Armstrong and Getty uh, you know, prison camp. You could become addicted to gambling because of the way your brain works or your genetics or something in your genes. Mm-hmm. I can't. So the, what do you do with that? information yeah not their fault well you probably it would be helpful if at age 16 or something you got the complete profile all right look here you're it's a extra risk for this that 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 behaviorally disease wise etc don't even go in a casino for instance to cite your gambling okay the gambling uh, one's fine but how about as a parent you get your kid and they hand you the uh in my future they hand you your child and the genome thing at the same time your wife sits down with the kid, nursing it, and you start reading through their genome. Uh-oh. Uh, Uh-oh. You have a criminal. You have a lifelong criminal. Good luck with that. High likelihood of it. What do you do at that point? I don't know. Not going to be able to control impulse or uh, or anger. Scientists Great. and philosophers and clergymen and pharmacists will probably have an answer for you. And like I said before, it'll probably be imperfect at best, but... I don't know. What do you do with this stuff? Um, head injury can also uh, cause uh, similar problems. Mm. TBI, traumatic brain injury, suffering prisoners are more likely to behave badly in custody, reoffend, and engage poorly with any treatment they receive. But God, there's all kinds of information out there showing that these people are regularly from bad homes or, you know, one parent households, all this sort of stuff. There's way too much overlap for it just to be the thin brain thing. Yeah, unless that's a, a genetically inherited trait. Hmm. At long lines of criminals. There you go. And then you get into epigenetics, which the long and short of that is uh, you have a genetic tendency, but it has to be triggered by your, um, you know, your your uh, surroundings, your your life. Hmm. And if you have a life that doesn't trigger it, you'll never know it. Right. But Interesting. Anyway, yeah, the future, my friends. Our t- Every bit as complex as the past, just in a different way. <laughs> Our text line, that's great. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Getty Show. We got got this text. Or we just lock up bad babies where they belong. I agree. First indication. Um, But a a number of people pointing out statistics, like I was saying, um, 
If your parent is incarcerated, the, ch- fact, the, the chance that their child will at some point be incarcerated is almost guaranteed. There's all kinds of statistics like that. Now, you said it might be genetic and run in the family. That could be. But, um, you know, there's, there's all kinds of family household things that happen that make it way more likely you're a criminal. Sure. So. Sure. I don't know. Maybe what that study is lacking is all the people that have the thin brains that don't end up criminals. Maybe it's only a half of people who have the thin brain syndrome. Well, end they, up they have those numbers. Okay. Well, they Okay. Yeah, it's just a much, much higher tendency. Anyway, uh, moving on I from that. I got a fat brain. It's enormous. We, <laughs> fat! We've got something fun here. This What do we call this? Colorful Hick Theater. Uh, where do, do we need to know where this came from or anything like that? Uh, this is located in Kentucky, but it's not really relevant okay, to, the, gotcha. to the story. Neighbors along Patton Spur Road are still, well, buzzing about what happened. Well, I just had gotten done feeding my chickens, watering them and stuff, and... I walked back to my house there to get my phone so I could play a video game on it. And all of a sudden, I heard a big boom. And I looked back out my door, and the electric pole fell, and the lines were falling, and the jail tacklers sideways into the fence. Then the folks inside the car got a big surprise. Well, he didn't know it, but he found out that there was a hive of bees that was located there, and he disturbed them. And as a guy come out screaming and squalling, and uh, running around about like a chicken with head cut off. Anderson then says they ran up the road, grabbed a hose outside his home, and started trying to spray off the bees. I told him they need to get out of that water, but say I didn't know he was getting eat up by bees. I thought he was just high. Deputies say the couple were under the influence of drugs. Oh. They say they had driven down the road looking for a place to swim. That girl in that little bikini. She had a red over her. Red Even here. Gary what? Lee got stung while he was out there. Needless to say, investigators call it an unusual case, but everyone around here hopes the two learned a serious lesson. Think they learned their lesson? I'd say by today they are. If I what? feel like my leg feels, I'd say they're learning. In Laurel yeah. County, Garrett yeah. Weimer, words, WKYT. Words to live by. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a colorful Hick Theater classic, Sean. That, yeah. that one came up uh, several years ago. But it's still fantastic. Oh, it's uh, one of the best ever. I thought it's, he was being eaten up by bees. I thought we had a different one that involved the geotracker and bees. Because I, I don't think I'd heard <laughs> no, this, this guy before. This is the same one. Same dude? Yeah. doesn't matter, though. It's still yes. extraordinarily great. I thought he was being eaten up by bees. Boy, you, you you get in a car wreck and then get attacked by a swarm of bees. That is a buzzkill. I don't care what you're high on. What was he? He was attempt. He was going to do. He was playing a video game on his phone. That's how the whole thing started. Right. He'd gone to grab his phone. And that little girl game. in the bikini. Then nonsense, nonsense, nonsense. She had out all over. Is that what he said? Yeah, you are. Oh yeah. <laughs> Didn't buy my leg, Phil. What? Yeah. What? No. <laughs> you think they learned a lesson? Well, just about away my leg, Phil. I think it's about now. <laughs> Huh? That's right. <laughs> Sorry, I don't. I didn't catch all that. Uh-huh. Could you enunciate when you uh, try to put some space between your syllables? You know what now? <laughs> I it. It all kind of runs together. I lived. <laughs> Damn it. More on I said. Well, you could do that pretty well. What? You let, could... my, let me ask me, do you think I learned a lesson? And I said, yeah, it didn't matter way my leg fell. I bet it did now. <laughs> so what is the key to talking like that? Pull your tongue way back in your mouth? Or... I don't know. I don't know. I, I love everybody. I love all of the, 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 you know, the accents and the, 
the uh, you know just the subcategories of English. What do you call that? A, 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 a dialect. Dialects all over the I country. I thought he was being eat up by bees. It turned out he was just high. Just high. Well, he, and he was getting eat up by bees as well. I mean, he had a variety of problems. Plus, he just suffered an automobile accident. Michael Bloomberg is not going to get the farmer vote and a good poll for him, though, that puts him into the debate tomorrow night. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You think about it, the agrarian society lasted 3,000 years, and we could teach processes. I could teach anybody, even people in this room, so no offense intended, to, to be a farmer. You, it's a process. You dig a hole, you put a seed in, you put dirt on top, add water, up comes the corn. Then we had 300. You could learn that. Hey, you stupid farmers. Um, so that's the latest Michael Bloomberg clip as he gets his time in the barrel, and he'll have to explain what that meant. He says it was taken out of context, but he will have to explain it. And maybe on the debates tomorrow night, as a new poll just came out, he's at 19% in second place nationally. That qualifies him for tomorrow night's debate in Las Vegas. Mm. You're going to have a guy on stage in Michael Bloomberg who's only running because he was afraid Bernie Sanders would win. And Bernie Sanders, who thinks billionaires shouldn't exist. Yes. Now, you would think they would get into it pretty good, but I've been fooled before. Old man Biden's increasingly desperate. That's one more, you know, feature that might make it exciting. Well, and Amy and Pete got a swing for the fences in right. theory, but they usually don't because they're uh, kind of uh, reasonable Midwesterners. Although Amy has been the only one willing to go after socialism. Yeah, she says she was shocked that she was the only person that raised their hand on that. I'm shocked too. So it was huh. a lot of the Democratic Party. By the way, Jack, coming up, causes of death in London in the 1600s. Fantastic. Amazing. According to Samuel Pepys, or where did you get the information on that? The the list of the causes of death in London. Okay. The official list, of course. Um, There's a column in the LA Times today by Jonah Goldberg, who I'm a fan of. The Bloomberg-Sanders battle is a dream come true for Republicans. I'll read a little bit of it. The Bloomberg and Bernie battle is almost like a comic book come to life. The two combatants cover almost every cliche on the right-wing scorecard. The right (laughs) couldn't have invented a better candidate than Bernie Sanders. In 1971, he was kicked out of a commune for talking too much. In 1987, (laughs) he recorded a folk album. The following year, he got married and left the next day for a combination fact-finding delegation and honeymoon in in the Soviet Union. Right. He decided that the Soviet Union was the future three years before it collapsed. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> it was pretty good. Which brings us to Michael R. Bloomberg, who sits atop the 1% of the 1%. Bloomberg is a perfect stand-in for a completely different kind of liberalism, one that doesn't even like to call itself liberal. Uh, a lifelong Democrat, he switched labels to become a Republican to run for mayor in 2001. By his third term as mayor, he was an independent. Now he's a Democrat because he's running for president. As mayor of New York, he was a poster boy for a kind of arrogant, progressive, post-partisan, technocratic government that prizes data over feelings. The data showed that obesity cost the health care system money. Sugary sodas contributed to obesity. So Bloomberg said, let's clamp down on them. And he goes through the um, stop and frisk as a similar sort of thing. Right. And a new video going around, Bloomberg offers a quasi-endorsement of death panels. And this is a quote from Michael Bloomberg. I hadn't heard this one. Have you? Oh, yeah. The 95-year-old. If you show up with prostate cancer, you're 95 years old. We should say, go and enjoy. You've lived a long life. There's no cure. We can't do anything. 
if you're a young person, we should do something about it. Society's not willing to do that yet. Wow. Well, there is some truth to that. Yeah, but I'm not sure how well that's going to play. Well, I see... And, and the, the, panels. The, the problem with Bloomberg is there are subtleties to this sort of thing that if you're a really good communicator, you can help people understand it, which is why the technocrat really needs a mouthpiece. But Bloomberg's not good at that stuff. He's way too blunt. He's, it comes off as superior and smug and the rest but of it. But socialized medicine would lead to death panels. Well, sure, yes. If yes. we're all paying for it together, as a society, we would vote overwhelmingly, probably. Yeah, no, but, the old person doesn't get treatment for his prostate cancer. You know, listen, I'm here to advocate for a certain point of view, and I don't apologize for that. But I have in the past said the term death panels is, is just wildly overdramatic. If you it's are pretty dramatic, if you are going to have less medical care than the totality of consumption that could be, it's a complicated way to say you can't possibly give everything to everybody that they want all the time. You got to decide who doesn't get it, and when, and for how long. And and you, it, it, I will grant you this: while death panels is a little overly dramatic, because you're not going to do a hip replacement for a hundred and four year old. Your snot doesn't make any sense for anybody. So you don't think they should be able to dance? Exactly. At yeah, I think they ought to stop. No, but um, but since you know, Joe is pro death panels is the name of this podcast. There, segment. Are, there are limits <laughs> to how much Barbaric. money you have, how many doctors you have, and you end up in a situation like Canada or Britain where you will be diagnosed with cancer, and they're not going to start you on chemotherapy for months and months because yeah, get in line. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Damn right. Yeah, yeah. All right, we already oh, have... causes of death in London, 1632. We already have versions of that sort of thing. My son and his health problems. It took a lot of arguing and letter writing to get the insurance company to, to say, yeah, we'll pay for that. Oh, yeah. When there was no alternative. I mean, other than him having a horrific life. Right. Well, the alternative or the uh, the argument you'll hear is, well, have the doctors decide who gets care and the hospitals and all, and not uh, insurance company bureaucrats. Um, but again, the the health care system is so screwed up in this country. I get exhausted even thinking about talking about it because it is so effed up from top to bottom. It's like the tax code. Anybody who who proposed our current tax code would be diagnosed with severe psychosis. It, it's idiotic. It's impossible. Nobody would ever advocate for our current system. Likewise, the healthcare system. So where do you start? Ask the lobbyists. Yeah, I was listening to actually Jonah Goldberg's podcast with some other people on it uh, yesterday, and how this idea that uh, the Democratic Party has that Bloomberg is the great savior to stop Bernie because he's such a moderate. Pete could win. Amy Klobuchar could win. Bernie can't win. Bloomberg can't win. They're going with somebody that can't win. This whole, I decide what size soda you get to drink, New York billionaire thing, is not going to win. Outside of some very small enclaves, you have no idea how angry that makes people. We're looking at it from the right, and so maybe I don't know how Democrats vote. But the the people on Goldberg's podcast, they're all people of the right, uh-huh. and I agreed with them that Amy Klobuchar's their best candidate to to win a national election. She just is. I would agree. Yeah, I've said that for a long time. I, I, she's got a real uh, charisma issue. 
Charisma deficit. Oh, that's what you care about? I'm just handicapping the election. First Don't take that tone with me. Yeah, she so, does have a charisma problem, which is one of the reasons she's not probably going to get the nomination. But the yeah. idea that Bloomberg, with his hmm. "I decide how big a soda you get to drink," that's all I need to know about the guy. I, I'm not a one-issue voter, but on that one, I am. That's a guy who's going to tell me what size pop I can have. <laughs> Forget that, it. Which the problem with the the policy is it's idiotic, idiotic in principle or horrific in principle. It's also idiotic in implementation. Oh, yeah, the, I'll just buy two. Right. Yeah, fooled you. Or I'll drink, master criminal over here. Or I'll drink him at home or whatever. Right. Unbelievable. So this list of uh, deads in London in 1632, we'll, uh, we'll just hit you with a couple of things um, and then take a quick break and finish it. But um, there were, I believe, they had back Not in as a, many selfie-photo deaths. Yeah, uh, about 9,500 uh, burials in all in London. It was not nearly as big a city, obviously, in 1632. Having read the diary of Samuel, Samuel Pepys, which was written around 1660 at the time mm-hmm. of the Great Fire, I'm fairly familiar with London at that time period, actually. Yeah, yeah. Well, a number of uh, uh, children were stillborn, or didn't survive right. you know, in the first right. hour or so, 445. Then the next um, classification is affrighted. One. One person died of fright, evidently. Ah! <laughs> yes. Yes. What? 628 Weird. of old age, really? And shockingly, 43 of ague. That's one of the problems with this list. Some of the terms are rather outdated and positive, Sean. <laughs> if you don't our get... medical assistant <laughs> is going to have to look them up. If you don't get off my lawn, I'm going to egg you? <laughs> no. 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 Quit aguing with me. <laughs> I don't know, but 43 people croaked of it. The rest of the list is terrifying and hilarious. <laughs> don't go away. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The diseases and casualties of uh, the year 1632 in London, uh, ague, A-G-U-E. Do we have any idea, Sean, what that is? A fever or shivering fit. If you're just joining us, it's another old-timey actuary tables Tuesday. (laughs) Ague. 17 people died of apoplex and megrom. Huh. Apoplexia, I get. It's It's probably a neurological condition, probably. Only one died bit with a mad dog. That year? Bit by a mad dog or bit with a mad dog? Side by side, biting things with a mad dog. Three died of bleeding. That's a little vague. (laughs) How about cause of death? All the bleeding. (laughs) That'll do it. I tell you what. If you got the bloody flux, scouring and flux, the three are closely related. 348 people died of that. That's not our champion, but that's in your top uh, top five or six. Bloody Flux. Nothing counts so much as blood. Pretty good metal band name, by the way. <laughs> London was the biggest city in the world at that time. Yes. Huh. And it was, uh, it was like a million people prior to having modern conveniences. Mm. 
of have, how, to, how to deal with human filth. Yes, you would dump your filth out your window, as yep, I recall. Into the street. Yep. Into the, the ditches, theoretically, which would carry it away, but kind of didn't. Kids would play in it. Ah. <laughs> it passes the time. And let's see. Here's here's a another grouping. Bruised issues, sores, and ulcers, 28. Burnt and scalded, 5. Oh. That's rough. Burst and rupture, nine. You hate to die bursting. That's so gross. I haven't seen him in a while. He didn't hear he burst. (laughs) He burst right there on the street. This one's a little (laughs) confusing to me and is another old-timey reference, I'm sure. Cancer and wolf. So is that you have cancer and you're beset by wolf? Did they sing Baby I'ma Want You, Cancer and Wolf? (laughs) AM radio way back in the day. Let's see. There's Seals and Crofts. Canker. Child bed, which I think now we would call uh, fetal, uh, is it fetal fetal death syndrome or SIDS. Yeah, oh, right, right. Yes, yeah, terrible, tragic. You can't and, dwell on yeah. any of these, but yeah, all the oh, no. childhood stuff way back in the day. Oof. Yeah, there's there's a cold and cough. Fifty five. There are times I feel like I'm going to die of a cold, but I haven't. Colic, stone, and strangury. How did anybody live back in the day before you could deal with uh, any infection? Of any kind? How did anybody survive? It was a, Well, you would have a robust immune system. Or you'd die. You had, right, you had white blood cells that could win a heavyweight boxing match. Um, how many or you of were us, dead. How many of us have had an infection that would have killed us back in the day? Practically all of us. Quite a few of Both us. Both my think, kids, certainly. Yeah, I think probably all three of my children. But um, consumption, 1797, that's a big one. I still like that one. I just consumed so much, I'm dead. Convulsion, cut of the stone. What does that mean? I don't even know. Dead in the street and starved. Six. Dead in the street, Dro- starved. Dropsy and swelling, 267. Look up dropsy. It's drop, S-I-E. 34, drowned. Executed and pressed to death, uh, 18. Dropsy, an old term for the swelling of soft tissues due to uh, excess water, I guess. Drank oh. too much water. Oh, yeah. That's did a, a radio contest. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, let's see. Pressed to death. There we go. Falling <laughs> so sickness. Don't, 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 don't go by that one so fast. I so did. Exec- I did. Executed and pressed to death. Yes. 18 people. Wow. They pre- they were still pressing people to death in the 1600s. Apparently. Uh, let's see. Fever, 1108. Fistula. That's not a good term. I'd rather die of almost <laughs> anything than being pressed to death. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. How about flocks and smallpox? It rhymes. French pox, not to be confused with smallpox. Uh, gangrene, gout, grief. Eleven people said to have died of grief. Broken heart. I guess. Huh. Jaundice? Jawfalln. So grief, would they just have called, like, depression and you wouldn't? You, I don't know. I wonder what they call I don't, I don't know. It's one of those, and we all know it, uh, older spouse dies yeah. and the other one goes quickly. It's heartbreaking, but there it is. It's kind of beautiful in a way. Um, jaw fallen. Imposthume. We need to look that one up. Imposthume. 74 people died of it, whatever it is. Yeah. You don't want it. No. It's no joke. Uh, old word for an abscess. Oh, oh man. Right. A lot of infections. Yeah. Killed by several accidents. Forty six. King's evil. But god dang it, so you're another heavy metal band. You're name. just living your life back in the day. 
Cutting up the potatoes. Oh, I cut my finger. Well, Uh-oh. if I'm going to die, I might die. Decent chance I'm going to die now. Uh-oh. Or, you you know, you stub your toe really hard and right. break your toe, and well, I'm probably going to die from this. Yeah. Everything you're going to die from. Your kid starts coughing, it's a one in ten chance. You know? It's horrifying. Killed by several accidents. I guess that's kind of a grouping. King's Evil, whatever that is. King's Evil? King's Evil. What? Metal band. Yeah. What the hell? What's that, Johnny? Do you uh, know? The, the only definition for this is scrofula, formerly held to be curable by the royal touch. It's no dropsy. The royal touch. Mm. <laughs> Let's see what scrofula is. Lethargy. Two uh, people died of lethargy. I could die <laughs> of that. There's us. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. <laughs> Noted London jesters. <laughs> both found dead of lethargy. <laughs> just wouldn't. Kill me. They just wouldn't get up. Scrofula is uh, the bacteria that causes tuberculosis. Okay. Causes symptoms outside the lung. Fair enough. Uh, liver grown. That would probably be... Uh, My liver's grown. It's about 130. <laughs> That would be uh, Don't cirrhosis. Do it. It's not I'll another bet. one. Lunatic. I'm surprised they even looked into most of these back in the day. You just died of something. Wow. Made away themselves. The old timey term for suicide. 15. Made away themselves. 80 from measles. Only seven were murthered. Which is the way it was spelled. It was so funny. They laughed till they died. <laughs> what? Murth? No. No. That's murder. Murder. Oh, okay. I've been in my recliner on a Sunday afternoon where I thought I was going to die of lethargy. <laughs> I don't think I'm ever going to move again. I flirt with that every weekend. <laughs> my final category, overlaid? Can't happen. <laughs> Challenge accepted. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Let's get started. Hey, let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew. There he is, pressing the buttons in the control room, Michelangelo. Okay, we got to be quick, so I'm going to say at tomorrow's debate, Biden dresses up like a farmer with a pitchfork and hat and looks at Bloomberg. (laughs) Good one. Wow. Uh, Positive Sean, our producer, final thought. It's the little things in life. I'm so thrilled to once again be able to drink hot tea during the uh, during the show today. I don't know why it brings me so much joy. Because you brought in your own teapot and hot plate. Yeah, a little kettle. My own little personal kettle. You're practically a 1632 Londoner <laughs> drinking your tea there. Just try not to get murthered. <laughs> Jack, do you have a final thought? Yeah, maybe it'll put you in a better mood if you think about how lucky you are to be alive in a modern country in modern times and the horrific things that you're avoiding. Avoiding just by being alive now. Uh, my final thought is to go back to the uh, big article about the study in the Atlantic, in which 20% of liberal college students thought it was okay to silence people whose ideas they didn't like. 20%. That was, you know, seven times as many uh, moderates and conservatives who thought that same thing. Progressivism, you have a serious problem with being uninclusive. Hey, have you seen Joe? I haven't seen him in a while. Oh, he burst. You hadn't heard that? What? You know, I had a feeling he was going to burst. Lately, you wouldn't be surprised. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people, thanks for a little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. We have all our podcasts there for you. Email us, whatever. God bless America. You having a good time? Okay, I, I did not say okay. that. I've sat here for over three hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> That's good. If you wish to leave, you may. Let me just say how very, very dismaying and disappointing. Not uh, good. And just... 
change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. Then we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're, you're, we're dismissed. Is that correct? Do you want to rephrase uh, what you're doing? I could teach anybody to be a farmer. Armstrong and Getty. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.